Touch judges are ready. Side of studio. Referee. Players are lined up. Microphones in hand for the restart. It's now time to form the Ruck. The Sunday Rugby Show. Featuring Wallaby legends Tim Horan and Matt Burke. It's been 12 years in the making, and the Lions are back. Get your tickets from February 18 at rugby.com.au. Good morning. How exciting is it to be back with you, uh, The Ruck? Good morning to you, Timmy. Good morning, Bertie. Morning, boys. So Good exciting. Morning. Isn't, it, isn't it? This is the great time of year, isn't it? When sports basically are colliding. You've got cricket still hanging on. There's still summer blokes are playing. Still hanging on. Cricket, cricket goes 12 months of the year now, doesn't it? Never <laughs> stops. But the, and the the rugby is back. There's footy everywhere. I've already you know, got a groove in the couch from when I'm just sitting watching. Darling, I've got to watch another game. Got to watch another game. Got to watch. <laughs> I love this time of year. Isn't it, isn't, Kate said to me the other day, uh, I said, because uh, you're, you're trying to upskill someone Perhaps the wives. That's well, early in the year for well, a while. Under, understand when not to change the channel on the remote control. Yeah, you know, as they're going for a shot at goal or a putt, it's like flicks. And, no, <laughs> no. Kate, Kate turned on the cricket the other day and said, "How good am I as, as a wife going at the moment? I'm flicking for the cricket. Watch the cricket for an over. You only get six balls, but yeah. then the footy was uh, a little bit better last night." Uh, yeah, it's a, good, it's a good year for Australian rugby, though, isn't it? Like new CEO Bill Pulver, which we'll yep. talk about later in the show, and yep. British and Irish Lions coming out as well. Oh. So, and Super Rugby gets a kickstart with the first couple of rounds, you know, before any other sport is really televised. So, yep. well, the first two rounds, obviously on Friday and Saturday night. That's right. And the Rebels thirty uh, bit Force twenty three, and then the Brumbies. Uh, we'll talk about that game, and we'll speak to Stephen Moore a little later. Twenty four over the Red Six. We will get to those games and everything. Uh, look, all the sport is going on. Big congratulations, obviously, to Black Caviar. 23rd straight win. Oh, look, I'm not sure anymore about Black Caviar. I think, I'm pretty sure I saw a donkey in the field. Uh, when they finished, they went past, I saw two blokes get out of a horse suit. No horse, any decent horse wants to race Black Caviar did, anymore. Did, was War Horse there? The, 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 the stage production exactly. with a couple of blokes inside it? That's exactly what it was. Uh, well done, Black Caviar. So much to talk about. As I said, Stephen Moore will join us. It is The Rock. We're back. It's your Sunday morning rugby show. This is The Rock. The Sunday rugby show. Uh, that's Muse with Madness, and this is the Rocky Sunday Morning Rugby Show. Tony Squires, Tim Horan, Matt Burke with you for the first time for this season. Uh, the Super 15 has got underway a little bit early, which is terrific, and not the entire uh, competition, but it is out there and running. The Brumbies, 24, beat the Red 6. Now, and we're going to get to both of the games. The Rebels, obviously, 30 over the Force, 23. The Brumbies and the Reds go, oh, look, Timmy, I know you were commentating, and you might have mentioned something about the refereeing uh, and the touch judges. There's a call during the game. Game and I was slightly confused. I, I just let's just run through this uh, again. I just hear the audio of the referee and the touch judge having a chat. We've got the blue player with no number on at the moment. Yep. On the ground, lashing out at white seven. Yep. White seven's taken exception to that and had a go at the player on the ground, forearm to the head. So, what's your recommendation on that then? My recommendation is initial penalty against blue player. Blue. Yep. Then reverse it against white seven. Yep. And a yellow card against white seven. It's a yellow card against white seven and the penalty to initially to, to white, yeah. then reverse back to blue. So blue's got the penalty there. That that one point they got a Rubik's Cube out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where was he going? Tony, it was, it was on Friday night, Melbourne Rebels versus the Western Force yeah. in Melbourne. Yeah. And yeah, I'm commenting on I'm trying to work it, I'm listening in and I'm going which side is he going to penalise? Because it was quite confusing to listen to. But, yeah, certainly um, the referees, uh, the assistant touch judge came in and just said, well, I think it was this player, but um, let's just send someone off. Could they, could they shorten it down a little bit and say, mm-hmm. boys, mate, 
He punched him in the head. Yeah. He elbowed him back. Yeah. Mate, send them both off. Exactly. But, yeah. but Something. The, the Just lesson, make it easy. The lesson for kiddies here is hit first. Uh, because <laughs> if you're the person who retaliates, it seems that the, you know, you're the one who's going to be sent to the bin and the penalty's going to go against your team. So in the end, I think it was Scott Higginbotham who got sent off from that one there. And then I think just, to, or binned. And then to rub insult into injury as well, he called the... He called the, the referee touchy. He said, oh, touchy, you got that wrong. And imagine he's going, mate, I'm actually the referee. Thanks, mate. So yes, yes. I think everyone's confused. The, Br- the Brumbies and the Reds, now, this game, obviously, for the Brumbies, playing in Canberra again after, I guess, the, what happened at the end of last season, that meltdown that saw them not make the finals. It was a key game for them, wasn't it? And this, these derby games, or derby games, I think we'll call them, this one was intense, wasn't it? It was great. It was great to see. It's great to see them throw the ball around. That's what I yeah. found. Um, you know, they, they, they tried to throw their hand off, uh, off the kickoff and, and get expansive and actually stress the teams. A little bit of drop ball, Timmy, on the way through, which made it uh, made it difficult for the, to, to get that continuity of the game going. But all in all, I thought it was a, um, on the, the intensity was up, and I thought it was a good game. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought the Reds were a little bit disappointing in the way that they, they were trying to play with some width, but I thought the outstanding defence of the Brummers was great, and we'll talk to Stephen more later in the show about that, because they've got Brian Smith, who a uh, rugby league coach who's been helping them with their defence, and then they shut down Quade Cooper and the playmakers, and um, the referee, he needed to replace his whistle after the first 25, 30 mm. minutes. It was getting blown a lot, and, and, and I think the referees, and we'll talk later through the year, that they've got a huge responsibility uh, in the game. They've got a really difficult job. But they've got a responsibility and an obligation, I suppose, to try and as much as they can uh, make the game entertaining for the public. Because that's how this year, um, you know, supporters need to be re-engaged back into the game. It was the breakdown, though, Timmy, wasn't it? The breakdown was not not concerned, but they, they were so good at the breakdown. Liam Gill, David Pocock were so good at the breakdown. I mean, and everyone else does their job there as well. But the referee kept blowing the whistle to, uh, to I suppose, bring up an infringement. And then a couple of, sh- couple of shots of goal from... Mike Harris halfway, which is not a bad hit to start with. Yeah, well, Berkey, as you know, there's new rules around the ruck now. So if you if you fall to the ground at the ruck, you have to make it an effort, one, to roll away, but you can't roll away towards the attacking halfback. So if you're on the ground in a ruck, you're virtually going to get penalised nine times out of ten. I'll tell you what was good to see was you and uh, Mackenzie and Richard Graham both wearing beards looked like extras from Castaway. Uh, <laughs> looked, looked absolutely trippy. I, I was, Wilson! I was, <laughs> Wilson! <laughs> Uh, yeah, we will speak to Stephen Moore from that game uh, a little bit later. I certainly want to get him, see if he can, for me, work out what his captain, uh, Ben Mullen, was talking about. He says uh, he was talking about how important that game was for them, but didn't want to put away the uh, you know, the disappointment of last last season they lost, saying it definitely doesn't wipe it out, and I don't think you want it to. You want to use that as a reference point that if you slacken off, you get your ass handed to you. <laughs> What, how many metaphors does he mix there? You get your ass handed to you. Is he American? That, that's that's got to come. That's a quote out of a movie, isn't it? I'm One of the sure. boys has said, get that out. I'm not sure exactly what he means. The quote that is. <laughs> this is The Ruck, your Sunday rugby show. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. The Danny Warhols on Triple M. It's The Ruck, your Sunday morning rugby show. Tim Horan, Matty Burke. Uh, this is Tony Squires. All right, ben, I'm going to get from you, uh, boys, a little bit later on, your fearless predictions for this season. Uh, everything, but as you know, we put in a capsule, a time capsule, and we, we break it open at the end of the year to see how badly you went. Uh, before then, though, one of the things, obviously, we'll talk about will be do we dare dream the Waratahs dream one more time? <laughs> will it happen? And I guess the key thing for that will be, well, one of them anyway, is Israel Folau. Now, it seems to me that they had a little trial game uh, this week, but even in his first, he had more touches, I think, in his first trial game with the Waratahs in an entire year on the AFL. Uh, he got hold of the ball more in that <laughs> well, 80 minutes than he did for a year. 
I don't think he was paid as much per touch in rugby that it was in um, <laughs> AFL. That's true. <laughs> what, what have you made of, obviously it's incredibly early days, but it seems like it's much more natural fit for him and he has a lot to offer, it seems, anyway. Yeah, I think, Berkey, from my point of view, he's had three trial games now and he's been training with the Waratahs for a couple of months and uh, he looks sharp, looks fit, um, but I, I just hope the Waratahs don't put too much on his plate. And um, talking to Michael Checker this week, the Waratahs coach, through the week, and I asked him about what's his best position, Israel. Is it on the wing? Is it fullback? Because I would have thought on the wing, but uh, Michael Checker said that he's got so much to think about on the wing, whether he's um, moving up flat in defence or he has to stay back deep. Whereas playing him at fullback yeah. allows him a lot more room to move and gives him more of a, an open opportunity. He doesn't have to think as much um, during the game, getting done to know the game. Right you're right. It becomes more instinctive if, if you're playing at 15 rather than uh, on the wing because... Uh, as you as you know, Timmy, you've you've been there as well. There's you got to you got to cover the front line. You got to cover back. You got to run back. You got to make the decisions of to when to come up, when to be short, that kind of stuff. So, I think it's just a case of just let him have a have a crack where he where he feels most comfortable. Berkey, and, and that, you're one of our greatest number 15s. You saying that it's a non-thinking position? <laughs> it, it's instinctive, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, <thought> it, <laughs> I think. <laughs> I suppose what, one of um, camera then probably probably the main weakness that Izzy has had over the last five or six years whilst he played rugby league and before he went to AFL is his kicking. So obviously yep. being in AFL. Um, and having so many kicks through the last couple of years off the field, um, it would have improved his his kicking game. So I think Michael Checkup understands that he won't do a lot of kicking from back there. They'll put you know guys like Berwick Barnes and other players back when they're defending. But oh, I think he's a really good inclusion to um, the Waratahs, but also you know Michael Hooper um, coming from the Brumbies up as well. So Michael Checker as coach will will try and create a, a new culture with the Waratahs, but also he's got some pretty good players to do it with. All right. Well, well while we're talking easy, you know, as I said, we're going to get those fearless predictions. Is one of those predictions will he play not just Waratahs all season? Will he get a gold jersey? Do you think? If he if he starts the season well and and which he has done so far, he's been one of the outstanding players. And and I think as Tim said. And Michael Checker has said as well, he, he's not the saviour. He's just to add, add to the... Just a very naughty boy. Just a very naughty boy. <laughs> what, what they've got to the, uh, the mould at the moment. Um, I think he will. I think, I think just the, his, his ability so far to, to pick up on the, the small part of the game, as you mentioned, Tony, at the start, you know, run, pass, catch, tackle, yep. he's, he's got that down pat. Um, it's now being able to be in the right spot at the right time to be able to, to, to do that. Yeah. Look, I think it's a great addition to the, the code, I yeah. think, as well, because there will be bums on seats. And what is good to see Israel Flower is a smile on his face, and I didn't see that in all the, in the two years he was playing, you know, the AFL, but also the year before that, when he tried to learn that new game. They never had the camera inside his room when he was counting his money that day. So. <laughs> there was a grin there, you <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> well, Stephen Moore will join us uh, later in the show. This is The Ruck. It's your Sunday morning rugby show. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. It's nice to have all of you on board back for another season of rugby, a huge year, and we'll get into the excitement of the Lions Tour a little bit shortly. I know that uh, both Timmy Horan and Matt Burke are very excited about the proposal that we are going to see those boys in red jerseys running around a little bit later in the season will be sensational. Before then, though, I guess the, the dark stain uh, on sport with, with this uh, the drugs and the links to organised crime that's been uh, everywhere, hasn't it? So, look, I don't want to dwell on this too much this morning, but I think, given we just, we've just met up for the first time this year, I, I'd love to hear what you boys have to say. Certainly with rugby, I don't think it's been mentioned enough. I think we're, basically they turned up at the press conference over there and, and suddenly gone. Uh, no, Not a lot of talk. It's been more the NRL. And the, and the AFL. What have you made, uh, uh, Timmy, of what's gone on? Well, I think the uh, Australian Crime Commission, when they came out, and, and um, I thought it was a bit of a stunt early on um, to really 
it was a shotgun approach. I think they came out early and, and, and said a lot of accusations but didn't name any um, players, didn't name any clubs until sort of about a week later. Um, but it's really a cloud over all professional sports in Australia, isn't it? Because uh, I think they probably should have held off and, and waited till they had some really... And I'm sure there's some evidence there, but I, but my belief is they'll probably find a couple of uh, younger players in um, a couple of, you know, maybe under-20 games, but I don't think there'll be... It's not certainly not widespread, and, I, and I'm certainly think it's great that they're trying to clean the sport up and all sports up. Um, but when you when you mention organised crime and when yep. you mention match-fixing, match that, that's bigger than drugs in sport for mine because you, you, everyone, the supporters' image then is, you know, bikies with brown paper bags at the back of, you know, mm. football stadiums waiting for players to walk out the back in the car park. I think, Timmy, also when you when you think of it, and it's even though it's... it's only broke a couple of weeks ago, but how far back do you go? How I mean, is, is it tainted? It's in effect, it's tainted us as well, being professional athletes as well. And knowing that you never did anything untoward, all of a sudden you, there's there's a there's a shadow cast over your performance. I, I, I read one of the online comments from um, some one gentleman was uh, you know you, the, the classic example was the rugby union blokes back in 1996. They went from you know all of a sudden they got massive, so they must be on something. We trained maybe once a week and had beers to mm. travel to, to training six days a week and just having uh, just enormous amounts of preparation and training at the but, same time. But those beers do stack it on. They they do. They do. Wrong area, yeah. but they do. <laughs> <laughs> but we had a, uh, we remember um, Berkey, we had a, a really good strength and conditioning trainer, a guy called Steve Nance. He'd done a lot of work through rugby league, through the Broncos and a very experienced um, um, trainer. And he, he was sort of above and beyond sort of the fitness trainers at the time. And I remember we went to the World Cup in 1999 the UK, in one of our first press conferences, they interviewed Steve Nance and said, Steve, your, your players are looking really fit, they're strong. Um, what are they taking? What sort of supplements are they taking? He said, well, we're taking this uh, tablet called BHW. And they went, oh, geez. You could yeah. see all the journalists write this name down. Thought, yeah. what is it? We haven't heard of it. Yeah. And then Steve waited for about, paused for about five or six seconds, said, yeah, BHW, we're taking it. It's bloody hard work. <laughs> and, yeah. and all the journalists broke down and sort of... But that's what, you know, I, th- I think now that the majority of athletes in the game, rugby league, AFL, union, right across the sports are clean. I think there's just a, there's a minority that may not be. I guess the issue is that uh, we, there's been calls and you saying the same thing. That basically there should have been names uh, and we don't name. go yeah we don't go public until we do that. But the the point the problem with that is surely what, what I understand what they're trying to do is stop this kind of activity. Mm. And if by coming out and saying we know it's happening does actually pull that up, it's prob- that, that's surely a positive thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of a sudden people start to think about the yeah. consequences of, of what's actually going on. Yeah. But, I mean, if, if going across all codes, if, if, if a player is, uh, you know, has tested, tested tests positive from previous years and they're still playing now, do they mm. lose points for the, the games that they've actually been involved in? I mean, how, how, I mean it's just so widespread yeah. on, on how it's uh, actually going to fold, uh, unfold. Tony, you, you talk about. I mean, we talk about the, the drugs in sports, and have you been around or involved in it? We played a game years ago in South Africa, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a bit suspicious, if that's the case. Uh, Timmy, you played in South Africa so many times, big units, that kind of stuff, and it's all about physical presence. And we were we were sort of overcoming this this team at the end of the game, and we came out the second half, and 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 all the talk was, you know, we've got these blokes, we're all over them, we're we're fitter, stronger, faster, blah blah, blah. and they blew us away in the first. 10 minutes. Now, trainer came up to us after and said, mate, did you see the sign that was uh, in the change room or just outside the change room? I said, no, no, what was that? And he said, no drug testing today. And all of a sudden, <laughs> I think they had the espresso machine in there and, uh, and they must have had about four or five before they ran out. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and a lot of beers, obviously. This is Rock, your Sunday morning rugby show. Right here on Triple M. This is The Rock, the Sunday rugby show.
This is The Rock on Triple M. It's your Sunday morning rugby show. Great pleasure now to be joined by Stephen Moore from the Brumbies. Stephen, good morning. Morning, guys. How are you? Uh, very well. Congratulations on the win last night over the Reds. It was, look, as, in terms of a season opener, it was fairly intense. Everything you'd want for a local derby, wasn't it? Oh, it was, mate. Yeah, certainly feeling it this morning, that's for sure. Um, you know, very pleased that we could start well and, uh, you know, it was important, an important game for us. So, you know, really, really happy with the result. And given the way that, you know, you exited last season, that must still have tasted bitter. Did this in some ways help out? Yeah, I think we've spoken a lot about that and it's been spoken about a lot publicly and, um, you know, it certainly wasn't the way we wanted to finish last year and, and hopefully, you know, most of the guys have taken that on board and, um, you know, it's helped them in the off-season to train that little bit harder and, and just prepare that little bit better and, um, you know, last night was a, a pleasing way to start that. Hey, Stephen, Tim Horan here. Um, Brian Smith, what influence has he had uh, on the side? I know he's he was a consultant, uh, ex-rugby league coach consultant, came in in pre-season to really look at your defensive pattern and that was probably what won you the game last night but you really you're up and in defence to stop the likes of Quade Cooper and the, the Queensland backline igniting. Speak about that before the game Tim and, and Brian has particularly addressed more that collision area so more the actual hitting side of things and uh, just that contact area so making sure we get the right amount of numbers. We knew last night that the Reds would come hard at that breakdown and we just wanted to commit some numbers to that area and uh, I think that's, that area went particularly well for us, um, you know, last night. I thought Liam Gill had an outstanding game, though. Um, you know, we're lucky at the moment to have, you know, three brilliant number sevens in Australia and, um, you know, probably similar to the days when we had George Smith, Phil War and David Croft up at the Reds. So that's very healthy for Australian rugby in that position. Hey, Maury, it was, as he's already spoken about, it was very intense last night. It was very uh, on edge. Do you really got, you really got into each other when you were pushing and shoving there at some stage there, wasn't it? It was fantastic to see that there was uh, no love loss there. Nick White, uh, he fits in that angry number nine mould pretty well, doesn't he? Yeah, Starts he things does. off. Yeah, he's a real pest around the club and, um, you know, he's that type of bloke that's always on people's nerves and I think he translates that pretty well to the field and, you know, as you said, that's a great sign for for number seven. He, he's got a good guy to learn off in George Gregan who was, you know, particularly good in that area as well. And was there any lip given to Quade Cooper after he, of course, had, had won his fight? Did he, or did he look a bit like, you know, maybe we won't go toe-to-toe with Quade? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I think, uh, you know, there certainly wasn't any mention about it on the field. Um, you know, we, we wanted to put him under pressure, and, and um, you know, I think we, we did that um, for the most part. But, you know, Quade, to his credit, he was the last guy off the field after the game. He was around the field signing autographs, and, you know, it's, it's those things that a lot of people don't see. So... Um, yeah, I'm sure he's focused 100% on his rugby now, and you know, hopefully for the good of, of the Reds and for Australian rugby, he can have a good season. Uh, Maury, tell me about uh, Clyde Rathbone. Um, for the listeners who didn't know, Clyde Rathbone, he's been out on rugby for, for a long, long time, um, left the game, had some injuries in his knees and had a lot of depression. Uh, a lot of it's been spoken about in the media. What was it like for him coming back on the field, playing his 50th game last night as well? What's the vibe around the team been like having Clyde back? Yeah, I think he's been back around the team for, you know, the best part of six months now. And just to have a guy like that around the club, um, you know, and what he's achieved with the Brumbies already is fantastic. And I think from talking to Clyde during the week, just to, to actually play a game was, was, you know, really nothing compared to what he's been through. So um, to see to see a guy like that come as far as he has in a short space of time, and, and as you said, it's all been very public. Uh, 
you know, the credit to him and, and to, to play his 50th at home and for us to have a win, it was a really special time and, uh, you know, hopefully he can kick on now and have a really good season. Mate, uh, look, the other thing I really liked, I mentioned earlier in the show that uh, you and Mackenzie and Richard Graham, now what's going on? Are they doing a stage production of Castaway? There's a lot of bad deed action happening. Well, I think if you have a look at Laurie Fisher, he's probably in that cast as well. Um, he's been in that in that mould for some time. So uh, even though he does do a bit of manscaping around the cheek area, he uh, certainly could do with a haircut, that's for sure. But, uh, his his vision's not blurred, um, isn't you know, it? I think I was, I was speaking to, uh, to Lincoln Ewan and, uh, you know, there's, there's nothing superstitious there I don't think it's just uh, comes that time in your life where you try something different I guess <laughs> you're just <laughs> just showing off yeah it's a good, <laughs> look, good look for them mate look congratulations uh, good start for the Brumbies and yourself uh, enjoy the season I'm sure we'll be talking to you again uh, here on the show no problem thanks a lot guys cheers there is Stephen Moore from the Brumbies on the Ruck your Sunday morning rugby show this is the Ruck the Sunday rugby show Ah, yes. Huge ending for Black Crows there. That is Remedy on Triple M, the Rocky Sunday morning rugby show. Tony Squires, Tim Horan and Matt Burke, and it's that time of the day, that time of the year, where we open up the time capsule. We throw in our fearless predictions to be reopened later in the season just to see how far off Timmy and Berkey were. Because it is the time of the year, isn't it? Certainly among Waratahs fans, where you fully believe that your team will be at the top of the Australian franchises. It's about eight weeks before the booing starts. Uh, <laughs> Not this year, Tony. Not, Not this year. year. No, exactly. <laughs> That's what we're saying. Not this year. All right. So uh, why wouldn't we start with the top six? I'm going to write them down and they will come out to see how close you are. Uh, Timmy, off you go. Well, I'm going to go. Um, I'm going to go. The Reds will just scrape into the top six this year. I think um, last night's performance showed a little bit. Of, they struggled a little bit with some depth, but I think they'll certainly bounce back. So I'm going. The Reds at about sixth. Uh, the Sharks, who last year uh, from Durban in South Africa, who made the final and really, I think they finished about fifth or sixth and mm-hmm. came all the way all the way through. Yeah, uh, so this circumnavigated uh, the world about three times did, for the finals. Did, yeah. uh, so the Sharks at fifth. I'm saying the Tars will make number four spot. There we go. I ah. think that if the Tars, if they can show this potential that they've got, if they're lucky with injuries, you've got to keep Israel Folau, Adam Ashley Cooper, Beric Barnes, Wycliffe Palu, really, really important, and, and the Sidamami brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, the Brumbies third. There we go. Yeah. So there's three Australian franchises in yeah. the top six, which has this. never happened. No. Never happened. Can the we Brumbies start celebrating third. now? This is really Yeah, can we? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think... Well, the, well, the sound of Stephen Moore, I think he might have celebrated yeah, the tour last might night. <laughs> so the Brumbies third. I think the uh, the champions last year, the Chiefs, uh, will be in the final. And the mighty Crusaders, number one, and to win it. Crusaders, Crusaders. number one to win. All right, that's beautifully. Good package. Uh, okay, Berkey, where are you going? Well, I've been very poor for the last couple of years, so I yeah. thought I might just throw some... Why uh, change now? <laughs> <laughs> okay, then, if that's the case. Uh, I'm looking for the Kings and the Cheaters to be... Uh, to be the starters for South Africa. No, I'm just kidding. Kings the Chiefs. There was a moment of silence yeah, I there. Know. I was actually going to write that down. Uh, no, we, we won't go there. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go Tars and Brumbies for. You've given this no preparation. Australian all, conference. The Tars and the Brumbies. Yep. Okay. Uh, again, like Timmy, uh, Crusaders and the Chiefs. Yep. I think the Stormers are. are, are with their, even though they perhaps have limited play last year, couldn't score a try. Peter mm-hmm. Grant kicking goals the whole time. I think they'll still be there or thereabouts. They'll yep. figure. Yep. And also the Sharks. I think they've just got a just a good outfit down there. So, uh, so no uh, Reds, no Reds in, in the, the top, top six. six. Sorry, Tim. Yeah, that's okay. right. Am I not allowed to have an opinion about the <laughs> no, that's fine. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> no. Tim. 
No. <laughs> I just want to. I just want to clarify. I just yeah, want to no, know whether you had a top seven or just a top six. Yes. Just no, want to no, make no. sure whether you actually could set foot in Brisbane or not this year. <laughs> yes. uh, so uh, who wins? Um, I'm going to take. Uh, I'm going to take Chiefs back to back. You were just making this up as you go no, along, aren't you? I've got them all written down. Okay. I'm ready to go. Look at okay, that. Chiefs. Got you got back to, to go. go. All right. Well, our next category uh, obviously was who will contest the September 14 election: Kevin Rudd or Julia Gillard. <laughs> yes. <I> think- <laughs> <laughs> We'll move on. Is that a, is that a who cares fixture yeah, or is no, that a... No, it's a very big game late in the year. Uh, yeah. The surprise, the player of 2013. Any players that jump out that well, you know, might be a little bit left field as we speak? Uh, Berkey? Left field is, uh, are going to be tough to bring out. I think Bernard Foley has to uh, stand up for the Waratahs. Uh, mm. If he goes to play that number 10 role, yep. if Barnes maybe moved to 12, you can get that centre role there. So he's going to be very important. Um, for them as well. Obviously, then you've got um, Falau, who's going to yep. do something. We've always spoken about him already yeah. in the preseason games as well. And, and Timmy, we mentioned um, before we came on here, Kyle Goodwin, uh, or Godwin, I should say, from um, yep. from the Western Force. Well, he was outstanding last night. Controlled the game well, pretty from, pretty much from 12, and, and did some good things. So I expect him to maybe have a, a pretty good showing this year. All right, Timmy. Yeah, plays, plays the Western Force, Kyle Godwin. So um, only 20-year-old. Um uh, Curtis Browning is a very young player at the Queensland Reds. If he gets an opportunity to play, he's um, went to Brisbane State High, played about three years in the Australian school, but he's only for, sort of second year out of school. If he gets an opportunity with the it's Reds... It's a good Ed name, Quirk, isn't it, Curtis Browning? Isn't it? Yeah, he could be a rock star as well. That's his real name too. Yeah, okay. um, Ed Quirk as well for the Queensland Reds. But um, when you look at the, the Waratahs, I mean, Michael Hooper last year was the player of the year for mine, yep. and he's going to put an extreme amount of pressure on David Pocock for that Wallaby number seven spot. Um, Robbie Deans was at both games on the weekend. So Ma- Michael Hooper, uh, Wycliffe Palu, once again, he, he really stood up last year for, for the Wallabies. Um, there's, a, there's a reserve halfback for the Melbourne Rebels called Nick Sturzacker. Ooh. And in Melbourne, so look for him to really come through. He's going to put a lot of pressure on halfback Nick Phipps okay. uh, throughout the year, who played number nine for the Wallabies last year. Nick Sturzacker, people put that name in, and is that, <laughs> is that his real name? <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> All right, it's locked and loaded. They are the fearless predictions for 2013. We'll open them later in the year just to see how well you went. Right here on the Ruck. This is the Ruck, the Sunday Rugby Show. And as the season kicks off, I'm just looking at Timmy um, Berkey. And there's a time of year where there's a lot of uh, travelling. He starts counting up his frequent flight points to see where he can go because there's a lot of travelling. You're already up and about with the season, uh, Timmy? Yeah, well, I've been travelling already. So obviously Melbourne on Friday night. But mm. uh, I think, Tony, can I tell a story? La- last year mm. I did um, 64 flights. Um, domestic flights last wow. year. I just count them up just to yeah. sort of see how it all goes. Nice. My last flight was we did a we hosted a, a Wallaby game over in the UK in the season tour and we hosted in Fox Sports. Yeah. Um, um, sort of, I think it was might have been the first or second of December last year. Mm. So as I was coming back, I was quite and I, I'm, when I get on the plane, I put my headphones on virtually before I've even sat down. So well, as you a don't signal, get a don't talk to me. Yes, yes. Yeah, right, so okay. it's not being rude or anything. Well, anyway, yeah, no, you're I, one of those blokes, aren't yeah, you? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I sat down and there was a, a very pretty lady sitting next to me. Headphones off. Um, she had headphones on, very well dressed, and <laughs> business lady. So I thought I'll, I'll leave my headphones on. So I sort of, as but as we landed in Brisbane, I'm thinking I was so excited. I'm thinking it's my last flight of the year, um, and I hadn't spoken to the lady next to me. I thought sort of took my headphones off. Thought I better say something, but she got up very quickly and started to walk down the aisle to go off. So I'll go I'll follow. I looked on the seat where she was sitting. And she'd left the jumper. So I thought, well, I'm going to do the, the right thing. I picked up the jumper yes. and sort of just grabbed it, put the, my bag over my shoulder, chased her down uh, and couldn't catch her until we were virtually off the plane, off the ramp, 
and she's walking to sort of pick her luggage up. So I've, I've sort of ended up sort of got into the jog to get to her. Mm. And by the time I got to her, I said, look, I just tapped on the side of the shoulder. I said, oh, excuse me, I'm sorry, I was sitting next to you, but um, here and handed her, you've left your jumper on the plane. Huh. And as I gave it to her, she sort of looked at me and pushed it away. I said, no, that's the plane's blanket, leave it. <laughs> you know, so I, I thought I was doing the right thing. I thought I thought it might have been her little sort of silk wow. throwover. The reversible. Uh, Pashmina. So, one so way look, black, one way red. <laughs> so, and she just thought, this is the worst pick-up line I've ever heard. <laughs> how, ru- how, how rude is that guy there, you know? And I look back and the blanket's just sitting in the middle of the, uh, the walkway. So. <laughs> <laughs> just left it there. Oh. Just left. Hey, uh, Tim, I was going to say, mate, geez, you, you, you fly on the tweeting at the moment. I mean, at I know you had that little run-in in 2011, um, mm. but you, you're flying. Are, are you working full-time these days, or are you just twittering the whole time? Just twittering. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to catch up to Quade, Quade Cooper's twittering. So, well, I'm not on. I don't do the Facebook. I've never seen Facebook. Mm. Never even see what that's like. I don't do the Instagram or the LinkedIn. So, yeah, yeah Twitter's my world. That's Bertie. you. I tell you what, yeah. you're flying that's how, I com- that's how I communicate to my teenage daughters now on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, as every father's nightmare. <laughs> uh, this is the Ruck. When we come, come back, uh, the Lions are coming. How exciting is it? This is the Ruck, the Sunday Rugby Show. This is The Rock. It's your Sunday rugby show on Triple M. Just about time for us to wrap up. All right, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the most exciting, 1 being the least, uh, how excited are you, gentlemen, with the arrival of the British and Irish Lions? It's an event that only happens, what, every dozen years, so it's a bit special, Timmy. Oh, it's fantastic, Tony. It's, um, it's, a, it's an opportunity for, uh, for the players. Sometimes you don't get a chance to play the British and Irish Lions, as you mentioned, once every 12 years. And I've got that vision of 2001 where... It, the Gabba, yep. um, the first test match, Jason Robinson, the winger for the British and Irish Lions, mm. stood up the Wallaby fullback Chris Latham and in about two centimetres of the sideline, scored the try in the corner, and 55,000 people at the Gabba and 35,000 were British and Irish Lions yeah. supporters in amazing, red. Yeah. It was just an amazing um, scenery and atmosphere. And then the second test match in Melbourne, then the Australian Wallaby supporters started to wear gold. Timmy, thanks for uh, bringing up Latho then, um, because I let Brian O'Driscoll score one of his best tries ever <laughs> in the second half. Mate, go out there, make sure the defence is strong. Yeah, great. And I ran at him, he went straight past me. He ran through about 10 blokes and scored one John, of the best. John Eels has said that he actually hung on uh, in you know playing, so he could get have the opportunity to play against the Lions. Is it, is yeah, it he should have he should have re- he should have retired. He's a selfish bloke. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly right. He was a selfish bloke. He just wanted to add one more piece of silverware. To the cupboard. And, and look, I think that the Tom Richards trophy is actually at his house. Isn't that right, Tim? Yeah, yeah with all the other trophies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how, how good will they be? Oh, I think they'll be, it'll be interesting, Tony, because the British and Irish Lions, you always bring out some really important players, like your Jason Robinson, your Johnny Wilkinson, your Brian O'Driscoll. Yep. Um, it'll be really interesting to see whether Brian O'Driscoll is selected, mm. and time will tell through Six Nations. But for mine, you really need to find some key players. And I, I can't sort of name too many at the moment that will know that will tour at the moment. I mean, Rob Shaw, the captain of, of England, will certainly tour. So it'll be a different uh, squad for the, the British Lions this year. What about the call, though, of... Um uh, of Warren Gatlin saying he doesn't want to bring out too many English players because they uh, they cast a, a bad vibe over the rest of the team. And he, oh, hasn't and that stirred what? things and up he, in and England? He, and he basically said, yeah. you know, premised the, the, the 2011 World Cup when the boys went off the rails. So all of a sudden, people are just stirring the pot left, right and centre. I saw Campo came out and said something. Yeah, we all hate the Poms as well. So <laughs> just stirring the pot. But they, at the moment, they are the, they're the strongest team. Um, they beat Ireland the other day over in, uh, in Lansdowne. Yeah. Uh, Young's a halfback and Farrell will be the 9 and 10 combination. Farrell is playing outstanding, Timmy. He's uh, kicking goals, controlling. And I mean, then you've got guys, uh, I saw Darcy's uh, injured, the Irish bloke. O'Driscoll is struggling as well. Uh, he played pretty well in the first game. 
They'll have a good forward pack as well. It's it's a, I mean, the great thing to choose from is that they've got four teams to choose yep. from to get yep. the best team available. All right. Well, it will be huge. That tour is happening this season. So much ahead of us. It's been great to get back on the radio and share some rugby with you. We'll be back next week. Get out, enjoy your footy. See you later. This is The Rock, the Sunday rugby show.